0: Western Canadian Bishops, released a letter this week regarding vaccines. In short, they say that when a vaccine is available to treat or prevent COVID-19, it is okay to take it. At first, I thought that this was addressed at the people who think that there are conspiracies, that the vaccines are part of some ploy to insert microchips into people or that they are the mark of the beast. But no. The bishops ignored those concerns and focused on the concerns that really matter to Catholics, whether vaccines are made using fetal tissue from aborted fetuses. Now, I had already heard that none of the leading COVID vaccines were developed using tissue from aborted fetuses, but the bishops have reassured that many of the possible vaccines are synthetic and have no relationship to abortion in their production. But they add that, even if a vaccine is sourced from cell lines distantly derived from aborted human fetuses, which is an evil act according to Catholic teaching, the bishops say that in simply receiving the vaccine, the degree of connection with the original evil act is so remote that when there also exists a proportionately grave reason for vaccination, then the Church assures us that it is morally permissible for Catholics to receive it for the good of personal and public health. One of the vaccines has now been approved for use in Canada. Let's pray that those who wish to be vaccinated are able to do so, and that this does help bring this virus to an end. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to an all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. I am Billy Chen. And Billy, we're we're almost at the third week of Advent. Yes, can you believe that? Christmas is coming. (laughs) Christmas is coming. You're happy. Um, I'm very uh, happy. Yes, it's a a great time of the year. It's come so fast and there's been so much going on this year. Um, The other big news, uh, of course, is that we're getting a vaccine. The vaccine has been approved. Um, You know...
1: I For me, yes, a vaccine, but you know, for me, like 2020, I really want to get rid of it.
0: <laughs> the, the, yeah, you mean the year, get rid of the year. Yes,
1: and if- hopefully 2021 will be a better year. We can see each other without a mask. Uh, we can hope so. come together and, and praise to God together, sing so.
0: together, right? I hope so. I hope so. I hope so. Now, I, I know that not everybody wants to get vaccinated and not everybody will probably be able to be vaccinated, maybe even for yeah, another year. It's limited. So, but maybe if if uh, even half the population gets vaccinated, that should be enough. Um, and I don't know. I, I don't know if some people will still choose to be wearing masks. That would be very difficult. Um, yeah. But anyway, I miss hugging people and touching them and shaking their hands, and so that'll exactly. be that'll be a uh, that'll be a change. Um, uh, Billy Jillian will be with us today. She's gonna be telling us about something new that she's learned from her kids. So that's uh, always fun. Always
1: something new from kids. Always you know, when something I talk new. to kids, always have something new. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yes, and she's got a lot of kids, so there's always yeah. <laughs> something new. So that's in about ten minutes, and then Billy, you have another question about Advent.
1: Yes, you know this question is, uh, I think we, uh, as a Catholic, we used to it to, you know, to, to pass through four weeks of Advent. You know, three mm-hmm. uh, purple uh, candles, one rose candle, and you know, there's a lot of things still inside and. We didn't know why. So this will be, yeah. okay, uh, yeah, more of question about Advent.
0: Yes, good, and hopefully we can come up with some some answers that are correct. Um, <laughs> now I, I have a tough question for you, Billy, and maybe maybe it? I mean it's sort of I think a lot of a lot of us have been thinking about suffering this year. I mean it's been a year where there's been loss, loss of work, loss people have lost, you know, loved ones. Um, yeah. Um. So there's a new podcast. Uh, that is dedicated to talking uh, to suffer about suffering. Mm. Um, is that a kind of podcast that you would want to listen to, Billy?
1: Not right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that I think that the way these uh, uh, there's, there's three uh, women who host this podcast. Um, uh-huh. They are friends of mine, Rachel Aaron and, and Nicole, and they were inspired by Saint John of the Cross. Um, you know, St. John of the Cross, it talks about the dark night of the soul um, and, and uh, they've, you know, they've supported each other through hard, hard times and so they thought that they would do a little podcast and it's a weekly podcast called In the Thicket In wow. the Thicket, so that's like in the thick of things, in the, yeah. you know, like the thorns um, because St. John of the Cross said that sometimes we need to go into the thicket of the cross so, so they talk about suffering suffering at Christmas they're, they've talked there's this one edition that they talk about Saint John of the Cross they talk about courage about having clarity about expectations so there's all, all kinds of things so we're going to be speaking with Rachel it's uh, Rachel D'Souza, Aaron Kinsella and Nicole Richard who are the hosts and they're all three of them are going to join me in our second half hour. To talk wow. about their, their new podcast, uh, new good. I,
1: podcast. I, I think it's only the the theme is suffering, right? I think mm-hmm. um, um, there's a lot to talk about suffering. Like there's a lot, a lot of hope and a lot mm-hmm. of like even things. So I I expect that uh, uh, we are not like you know talking. Everything is so suffer, so painful, so
0: sad. No, no. No, In fact, it's 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 hopeful and it's humorous. Yeah, Um, but it's but These are conversations that are important for people to have because everybody suffers and everybody's going through suffering. And so, and we need to we need to talk about it. We need to help each other, and that's how we support each other. So, so that's going to be in the thicket. We're going to be speaking with Aaron, Rachel, and Nicole in our second half hour, and then. Billy, at the end of the show, we're going to meet another, a new singer-songwriter, um, Hannah Schaefer. Hannah is 24 years old. I, I first heard her wow, Hannah. so young. She is very young. Um, remember when we made the Be Not Afraid video with the Catholic artists from yes. home? Yes. So Hannah was one of the artists that participated, and, uh, and that's uh-huh. how I got to know her. And then I saw that she was part of uh, Oregon Catholic Presses. They have a little web show called Music and Mission. Um, and she was in a segment with Greg Walton. So I thought, no, oh, there's Hannah Schaefer again. That's good. She's she's very talented, a great songwriter, great voice, um, lots yeah. of energy. And so we're going to have Hannah Schaefer on the program today at the end. That's good. Of the show. Energy. We need energy. energy. Yeah, we need it. She certainly has a lot of energy. So if people uh, hopefully can stay tuned and listen to the rest of the show, if you cannot listen to the whole show right now because you're driving or, or you're busy, be sure to go to our website, slmedia.org. Uh, there you can podcast the show, um, and of course you can also listen to the podcast uh, on your Roku or anywhere you get your podcast. And a reminder, I think, it's important to remind uh, people, Billy, that if if you want other, if you like the podcast and you want people to listen to it, give us uh, lots of stars and give us a nice review, because then that attracts more people to to find the Salt and Light Hour. So I hope. Yeah, that you and can-
1: share our shows to everyone.
0: Share, yes. it. share it, share it, share it. So that's the Salt and Light Hours on uh, wherever you get your podcast. So let's start with a song. Here's Hannah Schaefer with Safe House from her album, Who I Am.
2: I light up when I'm in your arms
3: Like the brilliance of a million stars You're the one that keeps me calm
0: That was Hannah Schaefer with Safe House from her album, Who I Am. And singing with her on that track is Dan Russo. And we're going to be speaking with Hannah Schaefer in about 45 minutes. Now it's time for What I Learned From My Kids with Jillian Cantor. Jillian, welcome back to the program.
4: Thanks so much for having me again, for keeping me on, even though last week or last time I...
0: Didn't you, give you, you anything. You I just... le- no, it was a good lesson about not having to be prepared all the time.
4: Right. Well, I appreciate not being replaced. Anyway, thank
0: you. <laughs> we love you. So, did um... you learn? Did you did you learn anything new from your kids this uh, this <laughs> yeah. Advent season so far?
4: Yes. Yes. The thing that we're really focusing on right now, the thing that's prevalent in my head, is that there's always a story to tell. Um, but sometimes you have to force it out of them. <laughs> so, um,
0: Especially the boys. Yes.
4: Yes, exactly. The boys. Uh, yes. There is a rule in our house that when they come home from school, they are allowed to just kind of ease into being at home with some screen time. So the girls will often watch a little show or the boys will play on their Nintendo. And, um, but the rule before they can play or have screen time or play at the Nintendo or whatever it is, they have to tell me two things about their day. So inevitably, Joseph, the oldest, will come to me and say, Mommy, can I play Switch? And I'll say, I don't know. Did you tell me two things about your day? And I'll get something like, it was good. I had fun. (laughs) Like, well, thanks a lot. That's not exactly what I had in mind. So the forced storytelling there is not the the right scenario. He's just come home. He's not ready to talk. The stories will come, uh, but you just have to provide the right environment for them.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: So one of the things that we have the boys do, not because I want to tell this, not because I want them to tell me stories, but just because it's helpful in our household, uh, they take turns after supper doing the dishes. So while one of them's doing the dishes, the other one is sweeping, and I'm usually in the kitchen making lunches for the next school day. And it's then in that quiet. And I guess just a bit more peaceful. They've been home for a while. They've maybe had some time to calm down or reflect on their day. That a story will usually come out. Sometimes it's them talking to each other, and I just get to be in between and hear what they're saying. Sometimes, for example, just a couple of nights ago, it was Henry at the kitchen counter doing the dishes, and he has a really thoughtful way about him where he'll just kind of pause and he tilts his head to the side and he looks out into space, and then. Blah, blah 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 so much stuff comes out of him mm-hmm. all the stories that i want to hear after school that's when i get them it just you have to be there and ready and willing to listen at the right moments and no matter what you're doing whether you're making your lunches or if you you know checking your email or doing your own grown-up thing you've got to be willing to stop it put it down and give them that space that person to talk to mm-hmm. and i love the stories that they have to share like just their insights into their day their commentaries of, you know, what they're learning or, you know, how they felt about a certain situation. The other place that I've heard this story or this method of storytelling that I'm familiar with
0: Mm -hmm. is from
4: my dad. Um, When we go home to visit in Saskatchewan, it's usually the evenings and most often the last evening that we're there, that my dad will tell his stories. We'll be sitting in the living room. He'll wander in having watched the news. He'll sit down. And whether it starts with a question on my, me asking him a question, or sometimes it's just a thought he has, he'll just begin a story about his life, his childhood, his work, anything. And I love those moments. I love that storytelling. And I, I'm just so grateful to be um, the recipient of those stories. But because of our current situation, because of COVID and quarantine and lockdown in some places and not being able to travel, Mm-hmm. It's been a year since I've seen my mom and dad. And it's been a year since I've been the lucky recipient of those stories. They're not the greatest phone talkers. Yeah. They do not like Skype or any sort of voice call. So it was a middle of the night panic, honestly, from on my, my part one night. I was lying awake and I was thinking about all the things I was missing out on. We've done pretty well, I think, emotionally and mentally. Mm-hmm during COVID, but now I'm gonna cry on you, sorry. <laughs> but eight months in, realizing it had been an entire year since I'd seen my parents, I was really starting to worry about lost time and lost stories that I was not going to hear. So in the middle of the night, I started to think what, I mean, I was panicking, so I don't know if, it was involved, if any of it was rational, but I'm like, what is it that I love about those stories? And why is it upsetting me so much? And it's because it's things that I wouldn't necessarily know about my mom and dad. It's not mm-hmm. things I would think to ask. It's just stuff that comes out. And how can I rectify this? How can I make the stories happen? Well, I'm going to give them the space to tell them, to tell me those stories. So the next time that I called them for our, like, usually it's a weekly Sunday call. I began what I now call question of the week. Mm-hmm. And so... I have a list of questions. I ask them one question. I give them the week to think about it. Then the next Sunday, they have to give me their answer before I assign them a new question. <laughs> so my dad is questioning this whole entire assignment. What's this for? <laughs>
2: we have That's to be answering
4: all this for. Um, and I. I said, I'm going to write a book. It's going to be called 500 things. I don't know about my mom and dad. He's like, well, how long is this going to go on? Well, until I know 500 things that I don't know about you. (laughs) So it's kind of started out slow and steady. Like now they expect it. They're they're, okay. Well, what's my question for next week? And I'll give them their Mm. their things to think about. And the stories that they're coming up with both my mom and dad are really simple but important to our family story, to their life history and to me to just make me feel better, to give me that reassurance that I'm still knowing them and I'm still a part of their lives, even though we're so far apart right now. Mm-hmm. And on their part, on their side of things, my mom said to me one day, you know, usually you just putter around the house, you're doing your chores, your housework, you're not really thinking about very much. But since you started asking me these questions." I've got something that's on my mind. I've got something to think about. And she's doing research. She's like, she's looking things up and giving me dates and giving me names. And it's it's not only given me life and given me some hope, but I feel like it's also given my mom and dad a bit of connection with me. And especially on the part of my mom who's taking it so seriously.
2: Yeah. It's
4: given her something to look forward to. And it's just been, oh my gosh, it's it's really made this better. I've come from a place of, kind of despairing and hopelessness and sadness To, I am so excited to talk to them and learn these stories from them.
0: That is so wonderful. And I hope that all our listeners are thinking, oh, I should do this. What a great idea. (laughs) Um, I speak to my dad once a week, too. And I always think like, what can I ask him? Because we always seem to talk about his tomatoes, you know, it's like, what else can we talk about? And he's got great stories when they come out. It's the same thing. And my dad is from like he was born in 1926. Like he's got like a long life. there. (laughs) Um, So this is great. I love how you're asking your parents now that. Tell me two things before you can have screen time. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Um, and that's that's good advice about boys too. Boys, boys need to be engaged in some activity before they start talking. I think that that's uh, that's something we found with ours. Um, Yeah, and stories are so important for us as we uh, create our own identity. I think as well. Yeah, you know, it's not a it's not a surprise that God revealed Himself to us through stories in Scripture. There's always yeah. a story. You just got to find it. <laughs> always a story. Exactly. There you go. So thank you for sharing that story with us today, Jillian. <laughs> uh, good advice there. Uh, Jillian Cantor. Um, we'll talk to you uh, for Christmas. So this is yes, not. Very soon. Until... So we'll, we'll, we'll have you back on the show soon. Thank you very much, Great. Jillian.
4: Okay. Thank you.
0: Jillian Cantor. She's the writer of a woman's voice and she's the wife of David, the mother of Joseph Henry, Annie, Clara, Jane, and Leo. Hi, my name is Thomas Mulia and you are listening to The Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. The Salt and Light Hour podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe and take the show with you wherever you go. And now it's time for Cheers for dummies with Billy Chan who has more questions about
1: Yes. It's always not enough, not enough, not enough for my fans because they said, how about this? How about that? You know, after they they listen to our show, they keep having different questions and asking me. And, you know, I am a dummy. So I'm going to ask you.
0: (laughs) All right. And see if I know the answer.
1: Okay. So uh, last week, we touched a little bit about Advent Calendar Mm -hmm. and um, uh, and. We, you know, in, in, I I come from Hong Kong and not until when I came to Canada, I didn't know Advent Canada exists.
0: Right. Okay. So Uh now, you
1: know, now, you know, in Canada or in North America is actually a culture. So what is that?
0: Okay. So uh, I, and I think I mentioned this last week, the Advent calendar is not originally a catholic as far as i know a catholic tradition it and it's a fairly recent thing like maybe from the middle of the 19th century in Mm. in german so german lutherans would use the the calendar to mark the days of the season leading up to christmas um and then of course uh, throughout the 20th century then it it would have spread so Um, in
1: the beginning there is no chocolate or there is no toy right
0: (laughs) no i i don't think so um and, and probably not until maybe the middle of the 20th century, there would have been uh, anything like that. Now, there is a, another tradition that is very similar um, that I don't know if you've heard of the Jesse tree. Um, the Jesse tree, no. um, it's inspired by Isaiah chapter 11, one, where it talks about, you know, that the Jesus, the Messiah will come from a, as a stump of Jesse. So a Jesse tree uh-huh. the tradition there is that. You, you add something to the tree every day and that's how you count the days. And I think that that would have been more of a traditional Catholic way to, oh, to keep track of, well, of the like days. Christmas tree. The Jesse tree. Yeah, exactly. Whereas the uh, the Advent calendar would have been probably something that came out of the, uh, a Germanic uh, tradition. Um, but it's been adopted. And I'm, I mean, the whole point is that we are counting the days to Christmas. Um mm-hmm. And whether you have a chocolate or not, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's not really the point, but you get something every day. Yes.
1: Yeah. Okay. So that's good. You know, uh, you know, it's not a uh, Catholic thing, but you know, you actually, uh, uh, coming to, to our culture as well. Now, yeah. um, so this week, you know, when we go to church, if we have or you, you watch the, the online virtual mass, you will see, uh, all the priests will wear pink or yes, rose, rose, and and it's all because of his uh, the the week of joy, right? You know we have four weeks yes. of Advent, but why rose linked it with joy?
0: Okay, um, that's a very good question. Now remember last week that I mentioned that Advent, so Advent has a, a, a is 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 the parallel with Advent is Lent, and originally Advent would have been a, even a longer season, maybe six weeks. Yeah. Um, And it was a penitential, very much a penitential time to help us prepare to Christmas. And in fact, it was called the Little Lent Advent, Little Lent. So that's why the liturgical color is is purple or violet. But if you remember in Lent, the fourth Sunday of Lent is called Laitare Sunday. And that's a day we also also focus more on, on rejoicing. Um, So in Advent, it's the third Sunday of Lent and we call it Gaudete Sunday. And it Mm. means rejoice Sunday and all the readings have to do with rejoice. And I I think that the color rose is really just uh, a lightening of the purple so that you don't forget that it's purple is still penitential, but it's not as penitential because we're focusing on joy a little bit. So that's where you get the, the pink or the rose. So as opposed to using a completely other color that is completely joyful, like yellow, it is still penitential. So it's still a little bit of violet, but it's been cleaned oh, okay. up a bit. Uh, with so it's
1: an off
0: purple choices, right? <laughs> off purple. Yes, exactly. It's a lighter. <laughs> it's a lighter
1: and, and it's not about we are out of color. You know, a lot of people are asking me, <laughs> you know, Catholic, Catholics, you are out of color. You use all the color we have already. So yeah, pink, I I like pink. I like when the priest actually wearing pink and uh, doing mass is very
0: nice. In in some other, uh, there might be some confusion with other traditions that the the colors are blue or some people have red Advent candles, Mm -hmm. but in the Catholic tradition, it's purple, purple, rose, purple. So that's the Catholic tradition, nothing new.
1: Okay, so, you know, we are going to ask, more questions about Christmas next week, which is last week of Advent.
0: So yeah, so we'll come back uh, next week with questions about Christmas. Thank you, Billy, Billy Chan, our webmaster, our webmaster at slmedia.org. You can follow him at chan. Coming up in our second half hour, In the Thicket, a podcast that looks at suffering. And we meet singer-songwriter Hannah Schaefer, so stay tuned. Hello, and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour, part two. I'm Deacon Pedro. St. John of the Cross wrote, The soul that longs for divine wisdom chooses first, and in truth to enter the thicket of the cross. That quote is what has inspired the in the thicket podcast, a podcast that is for those who suffer, which is everyone. In the thicket (laughs) is hosted by Rachel D'Souza, Aaron Kinsella, and Nicole Richard. They also have a secret prayer warrior who likes to remain unknown Mm -hmm. um, or anonymous. Uh, but all four of them are a group of friends who have supported each other through various ups and downs in life. Um, the podcast is all about suffering. It's really a space where they can speak honestly about some of the more difficult things in life, but they do so without losing sight of hope and humor. And so to tell us more, I'm very, very, very excited to welcome uh, Aaron, Nicole and Rachel to the Salt and Light Hour. Welcome.
5: Good hey. day, sir. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so fun. I don't think I've ever had... Three people in with me at the same time. It's very podcasty.
5: exciting, yeah, it totally is.
0: <laughs> so, um, why, why a podcast on suffering?
6: Um, yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> um, I, so this is actually an idea that I was sitting on for a long time because of maybe some personal experiences um, that I realized. Uh, when I was living through kind of painful things in my life um, I would go to Catholic conferences which provided a lot of hope and 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 you know um, information in lots of ways but a lot of people there were talking about suffering from a place where they had already overcome whatever it was Mm. that they were going through and which is great to know that you know that's possible but sometimes when you're going through it you just want to hear from somebody who is maybe also going through it or can can speak into that experience in a very real way and i couldn't find that in a lot of places at least like an authentic sort of vulnerable expression of that so it was sort of on my heart from my own needs. um and then i found in my conversation with these ladies in our in our sort of small group and friendship that we were having these kinds of conversations and i thought you know it would be really good to create a space yeah
0: and that makes sense because I mean, and I, maybe you can, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but because you're the expert on suffering, can I say, something? I mean, we don't, we don't look for suffering, but we don't, we, we know that suffering is just part of, uh, part of sometimes what we're called to do. I mean, J- Jesus himself mm-hmm. didn't shy away from suffering. Um, right. and, and, and I should say that that was Rachel speaking. So you might have to identify yourself. You all sound right. the same. Um, why St. John of the Cross?
5: Yeah, this is a great question. So this is Aaron speaking. Um, <laughs> and actually, when we were talking about the idea for this, there was this quote that came up this this um, thing kind of sprung to mind for me because I've loved John of the Cross for a while. And it's the second reading on his feast day, which is December fourteenth. Mm. Um, and so it's the second reading from the Office of Readings. And it is such a beautiful quote. But it's just a reminder that that life with Christ is beautiful and joyful, but also sometimes we kind of forget about the cross part or <laughs> the suffering part of things, or yeah. like we long for the goodness. We long for the peace. We long for the joy and all of those things, but, but we, we kind of can try and skip out on over suffering. Um, But yeah. it's the beauty of that quote, I think is just him Really reminding us that uh, that Christ is in the suffering and that that it is a part of life, regardless of whether we run from it or not. So so being able to kind of look at it in in a way of hope was important.
0: Yeah. Would you say? I mean, it is a part of life, and like I said, I don't think we need to go and look for suffering, but it, do sh- do we need to go through the suffering? I mean, the, to go through the cross to get to the you know Easter Sunday. I mean, isn't that what it's all about?
7: exactly well then I think that's um one of our upcoming episodes actually this is Nicole speaking now yes. <laughs> uh, one of our upcoming episodes uh, where we talk about one uh, another another quote actually from John of the cross where he talks about um that to to, to get in and I you guys have to correct me on the quote if I, if I mess it up but uh, basically to 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 get to um, the promised land as it were you know the place where we have the fulfillment of all of our desires we have to cross the river of suffering um, with the boat of love. So this is, it's not, it's not an option. This is, it's like you say, we don't have to look for suffering. It's just going to be a part of life. Mm-hmm. Um, but through, through the love of God and through allowing ourselves to be, um, wrapped up in that, that takes us, that can take us across this journey, um, of suffering. And so, but yeah, just that it is, it's going to happen.
0: So, yeah. <laughs> yep. so, so you guys, uh, s- sit around once a week for an hour, uh, talking about, topics that have to do some somehow with with suffering sometimes you have guests um it's all recorded on video as well so people can watch the video what sorts of topics then w- would you would you cover like it's not all just like today we're going to talk about suffering so like what <laughs> what do you I mean kind what, of but, um... <laughs> what, what are some um, examples of of topics that you've done that you've covered
7: yeah so we've done um so, if interviews with different people who've gone through really difficult health stuff. Um, so, folks who've been through sort of unknown illnesses or cancer, um, and just how they how their experience of that. We also did an interview. Um, well, we've had a couple interviews on the the topic of accompanying people in suffering. Mm-hmm. So, what? How can we walk with people who are suffering in a way that um, is helpful? Uh, and and meaningful and and sort of respecting boundaries and also not being too pushy about what we think will help but just being able to be present with people um we have upcoming episodes on suffering and mental health uh we're gonna have we're gonna have an episode called 2020 because
5: (laughs) Uh, no explanation necessary yeah no you know yeah because obviously Mm
7: -hmm. um so you know suffering in marriage and talk about like pornography and just kind of everything there's I mean Mm. there's once you start once you start a podcast on suffering you realize it's everywhere
0: and it it is yeah (laughs) Yeah. and you know what I mean not to kind of toot my own horn but I have a my weekly blog post and my whole advent Christmas reflection and I'm doing I have seven a series of seven and it's all about what we call the voice of illness so that's the voice Mm. inside each one of us that cries where is God so it's not necessarily Mm. physical suffering but everybody is has that that longing for God that we all have, and that is suffering, and how we, as I guess, as fellow Christians, need to mm-hmm. be be sensitive to that to that voice, yeah. and and to yeah. walk with people. Um, what is your hope then for this? I was going to ask you who is it for, but clearly it's for everybody. Mm. <laughs> but yeah. what is your hope? Is it to to accompany people that might be struggling, and and knowing that they are not struggling alone. Or is it, what is it? What is your hope for the, for, for the listeners and for the podcast?
5: Yeah, I think, um, I mean, obviously, we are hilarious. So (laughs) the uh, part of the hope is that, (laughs) you know, that people can, that we can realize that actually suffering does not have to, um, it can exist with joy. So kind of in a twofold sense, one is this isolation that I think sometimes, sometimes we feel like we have to be like, perfect or good, or you go into a a, Mm -hmm. a parish, and everybody's like, how are you? Oh, good, the Lord is just blessing me today. Like, that's beautiful. But what happens Like, what if somebody is suffering and broken and wounded and they walk into a parish and nobody there is suffering and broken and wounded, even though they all are suffering Mm -hmm. and broken and wounded, like who nobody belongs there. So, um, so it's kind of to, to counter that isolation that we can feel in suffering, but then also from a second perspective. Um, it, I think it really is true that we live in a culture that encourages us to run from suffering in every way that we can, but there is something very powerful about a Christian who suffers well, where there is joy and patience and perseverance and hope in the midst of suffering that can speak into our culture right now in a way that nothing else can. So I think that's also part of the hope as well is it is that we'll all be able to learn how to suffer well. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, that's actually really beautiful. I've never really thought about it that way. I uh, yeah, cuz I know that we're 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 called to remember that we don't suffer alone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. you know that Sarah Kroger has a song Run to the Cross and I always think I don't want to run to the cross. I want to run away. from the cross.
5: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we exactly. talk about that a lot
0: too, yeah. Yeah exactly. yeah, exactly. Um but and you know and and you know God never explains to Job why they're suffering. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's like why, why? Well, right. I'm not gonna answer why. I'm gonna answer who. I am God. Period. Right.
7: He says, trust me. Just, yeah. Right.
0: And, I, and yeah. I suffer with you. I mean, I think that that's yeah. that's it. So we're not we're not mm-hmm. alone. Um, yeah. Ladies, thank you. This has been really cool. I'm very excited to have the competition with another podcast, um, <laughs> um, but it sounds like you have a lot more fun than I do. So maybe I, I'm going to have to join you in the thicket.
7: Yeah, um, that'd be awesome.
0: Um, that will be well. Fun. Let
7: us know if you suffer some time, and then we can have <laughs> you. Yeah, That's, right. yeah,
0: like That's Every right. day. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, thank you for doing for doing what you're doing. I, I know it's helping a lot of people, and hopefully we're going to be able to have more people find in the thicket and they can join you in the thicket of the cross.
5: Amen. <laughs> yes, thanks right. so much, oh, Deacon good. Pedro. Take
0: care. It's good to see you. Good to hear you. Good to see you too. Aaron Kinsella, Rachel de Souza, and Nicole Richard. They are the hosts of In the Thicket. You can listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and also on YouTube, as I said, because you can see all the videos um, and just look for the the handle at In The Thicket Podcast and you should be able to find it there. Here now is our featured artist of the week, Hannah Schaefer with her song Wild from her album Who I Am. You
3: had me thinking I was cloud night but no, 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 you kept me in the dark with your white lies No, no, lately I've been living inside of myself, living inside of myself You're holding my feet to the ground, pushing and pulling me down But nothing you do can keep me from breaking free I hear it calling wild One end game No, no, lately I've been living outside of myself Living outside of myself I'm taking the freedom I found Nobody's stopping me now No, nothing you do can keep me from Being there I hear it calling
0: That was Hannah Schaefer with Wild from her album, Who I Am. From receiving the grand prize for the gospel category at the International John Lennon Songwriting Contest to opening for the likes of Matt Maher and Father Rob Gallia, Hannah Schaefer has accomplished a lot in her 24 years. She released her first full-length album, Who I Am, earlier this year. And so I am very happy to welcome Hannah Schaefer to the program Hannah, welcome to the Salton Light Hour.
8: Oh, thank you so much for having me. <laughs>
0: so good to have you. I know I I mentioned uh, at the opening of the show, I mentioned that I first heard about you when we did the Be Not Afraid video. So thank you. I wanted to thank you in person for for contributing to to that. That was great. And I should thank Sal Solo. Sal Solo was the one who told me about Hannah Schaefer. So there you go. Um Tell me a little bit about growing up. What what was it like growing up? Did you grow up in a Catholic family? Was it a musical family? Tell me a little bit about what it was like to grow up.
8: Uh... Sure. Yeah. No, so I am a cradle Catholic. So yeah. I grew up in, in a Catholic home. Um, my parents were not ne- not necessarily musical. My mother has a really nice voice and she's always whistling and always singing throughout the house, <laughs> especially during the holiday season. Like just right. be like always, always something going on in the house that's uplifting sounding for sure. But um, no, I think music was just something that I had a f- really burning passion for ever since I was very little. Um, my mom to this day will always say, you know, she p- would put me in front of the TV. Uh, and I just sing and dance to Barney right. even in my playpen and uh, you know growing up I I just I just always wanted to be a singer. I remember telling my my dad that at a very young age, I just want to be a singer
0: right. And
8: that never really left me ever.
0: Yeah. did you do you have any brothers or sisters?
8: I do I do. I'm the oldest of three.
0: Okay, good sisters.
8: I have a brother and a sister.
0: Yeah, okay. so and and are any of them musical? So are you the only one who got the the singing bug?
8: <laughs> well, I think I think we're all musically talented. I'm the only one that really pursued it. The right. others are more into like science and um <clears throat> like yeah, yeah, you know, science or math or my, my parents went into the medical field. My sister's kind of leaning that way and
0: Okay. So yeah, good. And and so cradle Catholic, so was it a very Catholic household? Were you like like very Catholic parents? Very
2: good.
8: um
0: mass so
8: so, yeah yeah going to i mean my my mother um is is catholic and my father is not okay but um you know they're i i love i love this my 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 parents made a promise to each other that like okay you know what mom if dad can go hunting during hunting season like i'm in the midwest so you know it's okay, it's a very okay. com- very common thing um and that's just how my dad kind of relaxes from um, you know the medical world and all the craziness there but <clears throat> business world but um you know that was kind of compromised like all right you know what like we're going to raise we're going to raise the kids catholic cuz that was super important to my mm-hmm. mother mm-hmm. and um you know that's something that my father has always made a point to to he's always with us he always took us to mass and he comes with us and he yeah um and so we were raised you you know we were raised catholic and um so yeah Yeah. i think i think so i think that would answer your question yes
0: it does catholic school did you go to catholic school
8: no i went to public school yeah Mm -hmm.
0: see i there's I don't know. I don't know what our listeners would think, but I have a feeling that sometimes when you have a parent who is not Catholic, but very supportive of the, of the parent very who is supportive. Catholic, then mm-hmm. I think that that has a deep impression on the children. Yes. Um. So our listeners probably have heard, but my wife is not Catholic, um, but we've done, it sounds very similar to your parents. We have chose to, you know, mm-hmm. it's important for me and my wife supports us and she comes to mass with us when the especially when the kids were little, Um, And I think that that has been a different kind of witness for my children, whereas when they were little, they'd be like, well, why is mom not Catholic Mm
1: -hmm. or why doesn't
0: she become Catholic? But then it just didn't it just wasn't an issue because it wasn't an issue. Um, Right, right. Did you growing up, did you have those questions growing up wondering, you know, like, why is dad or was that not even cross your mind? Or did you even go through that teenage kind of years where you thought? i don't know about mass or this doesn't make sense or Mm. were you so
8: wow yeah no i definitely i mean i'm always very curious i think that's just in my nature is to always ask why 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 and i think that's the biggest reason why i'm still catholic if that answers your question as a millennial um and with as as someone coming from a family where both both parents were not catholic and i did ask i'm like you know why why isn't my father catholic and Mm -hmm. um you know i and that was just something that, you know, the older I get, the more I realize that every single person is on their own spiritual journey yeah. and that everybody has sure. to ask different questions at different times of their life. And so, you know, entering into high school, um, I I always treated Jesus as my best friend uh, growing mm-hmm. up. I was, I would literally write letters and throw them in the wind. Yeah, and believe, believe that Jesus. And now now I'm like, wow, Hannah, you littered and that's not good. But,
2: that's
8: right. <laughs> but I but I believe that, you know, Jesus was always super close to me. And so when I entered high school in public school, um, I went through a lot of really hard things as a mm-hmm. teenager, like with um, bullying and depression and uh, just trying to understand my worth. Yeah, um, tra- trying to see myself the way that, you know, Jesus saw me and it was my freshman year of high school. I was, I I feel, I felt like I I had hit my low of like the only person that is truly there for me is Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I remember, I remember sitting on my bed crying late at night, like, wow, is this all real? Like, like what, like what, why do we believe in this? You know, Jesus, are you there because I'm hurting so much and I, I just need to know that like this, this is real, that you are real. And, In that moment, I felt there like like someone sat on the edge of my bed, like it like creaked and Mm -hmm. as if as if Jesus was sitting right there listening to me through my tears. And and that was that was my like, (laughs) you know, I I had always believed I didn't fall in love with Jesus until I faced until I went through that.
0: Yeah that sounds like a little conversion experience. Um thank mm-hmm. you. Um yeah, wow. That that's a blessing and a gift in itself cuz a lot of people don't have that or they have it and don't recognize it. So you would say that that would have been a turning point for you in terms of um you you when you were little you wanted to be a singer but did something change around that time? It's like no, I want to sing for Jesus.
8: Yeah. No, it, it because my faith was always something that I had no problem with. I I I never really went through this rebellion stage in the sense of like, like not, like not wanting. Saying. Yeah. 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 Because, because I I had just always truly believed and I know that's not everybody's case. Um, but I had just, I just, I don't know why I guess I just, I just did, but it was in that, in the pain that instead of like blaming God for my pain, I turned to him yeah. for comfort. Yeah, like in and, and and so um <clears throat> and it was it was shortly after that that I realized if I wanted to sing if I had to pick a genre like I had to stay true to to my heart mm-hmm. and my heart belonged to Jesus.
0: Yeah. I think that uh, uh it's important to note um uh, that other than singing and songwriting you also uh you're also a role model and you're working with young people is that part like it all comes from the same place you think for you
8: Uh, i definitely as the oldest felt a lot of pressure to and i I mean i still feel pressure from the world too because i want i want everybody to 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 become saints and i can't i can't tell you how often there's this this like conviction in my heart to like want to push people to be the best versions of themselves, including myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I mean, I'd say I'm probably the hardest on myself. <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, I think that th- does, does that answer your question?
0: Yeah, I think it does. Um, and, um, cause you, you're working, you also work, uh, I'm presuming that in the work that you do with coaching uh, younger people, you're mm-hmm. not, they're not all Catholic,
8: no, like no, no. It's no, not no. a
0: Catholic. It's not ministry, but it is. Mm-hmm. So, so, and you still want the best for them. You might not use the words "saint" when you're working. Right. <laughs> you're still a role. You're still a role model in that sense.
8: Oh, definitely, definitely. I just want. I just want people to be. From from my experience, is when I'm close to the Lord, there is true peace. Mm-hmm. There is happiness, and mm-hmm. so if I could try to reflect christ in any in the in the way that i live in the way that i encourage in the way that i love um, not that i'm perfect because i'm not but i i mean we're called to try our darnest, yeah, right <laughs> of <course>. of <laughs> so um i have a i have a passion to be an example for people um not out of pride but out of um like i can't i can't deny my calling to 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 take people on this journey with Christ. Like I, mm. I, I just can't I can't fight it. I, I it's in my being to take people like to I want to tell everybody about Jesus.
0: Yeah. So would you say that your music then, like we've been listening to to songs from your album Who I Am. I mean, who I am. I mean, really, just the title says something. Something a lot there. Would you Would you think that that your music is also part of that, like your role modeling with the music? And I know you just started. A, a, you're you're working on a new album, and it's it's mm-hmm. uh, gonna get crowdfunded, uh, through Kickstarter. So tell us a little bit about your songwriting and kind of what your hopes are for your music then.
8: Definitely. So who I am was kind of like a con- conclusion. It's a, of the season where I didn't know who I was. I had been listening to the lies of Satan and like all of the, the world telling me I was so-and-so, but um, it was me accepting my identity in Christ and stepping into what it meant to live a lifestyle as a Catholic,
2: mm-hmm.
8: like live the lifestyle as a Christian and, and embracing that in accepting, Oh, wow. You know, I, Jesus, if I could see myself through the eyes of Jesus, like I should be treating myself that way
0: mm-hmm. and that's
8: that's kind of where the album that's why it had so much to do with identity because for so long i had not believed that
0: right and would the next album then do you think it's like a continuation of that or are you like on the other side of a journey where where's the new the new album gonna go
8: it's definitely way more leaning ccm so for anybody contemporary christian contemporary music it's, christian, it's, yeah, yeah. yeah less less streamy pop more organic uh um, nice I, i'm so excited about i mean obviously i love i love my last album but as anybody you know i'm excited for what's to come
0: yeah and it's future. always exciting yeah it's exciting for us to hear something that it's completely different so if you're going to go more organic or more acoustic that would be great um so that you're there's a kickstarter campaign we're going to put that information on our site but people can find it on your site as well Um hannah it's so good Good to meet you, um, and to to talk to talk with you today, and to learn a little bit about what what uh, what motivates you, what uh, what lights your fire. Um, it's, <laughs> obviously, it's Jesus Christ. So, thank you yeah. for what you do and for sharing uh, it with us today.
8: Well, thank you so much for having me on.
0: You can learn more about Hannah Schaefer at her website, HannahSchaferMusic.com. And if you missed any part of the interview and to listen to the whole program, you can uh, find it at our website, SLmedia.org. Here now to take us out is Hannah Schaefer with Treasure from her album, Who I Am.
3: I'm a picture-perfect mess in the Trying to hide it deep down within me I'm uncomfortable in my own skin I was thinking, nah, she's so pretty Wanna believe it Everything, everything you say I wanna believe it When you say, when you say
0: We're listening to Hannah Schaefer with Treasure from her album, Who I Am. And that will bring us to the end of the program. Remember that you can stream our podcast, all our Salt and Light Hour programs at Salt and Light Media. Just look for our podcasts. That's also where you can learn more about our artists and guests. You can also listen to this show on Roku or find it wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just look for Deacon Pedro. You can also email me, pedro at slmedia.org. Next week, we'll be speaking with Pope Francis's biographer, Austin Ivory, about the Pope's new book, Let Us Dream, so you don't want to miss that. I pray you continue having a blessed Advent journey towards a Christmas season that is full of renewed hope. Stay safe, stay in prayer, stay in hope, and take care of each other. Thank you for being with us today. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been The Salt and Light